Jamil for real presents the X's and oh, no! NFL podcast featuring your co-host Jamil and this guy. What's up? You can tell I changed my uh, hat in between recordings. But but something else that happened to Jamil since the you know the massive span of time that went in between podcasts. If you're favored to win by fifty six points. Do you go for two when you score your very first touchdown? Two minutes into the game? Wait, what? <laughs> so Florida State is favored to win by more than 55. They score a touchdown on their very first drive, very easily dominant the way it's supposed to be. They went for two. And I was like, I'm not quite sure what the plan was here. But, uh, uh who knows? I, I, yeah, I, I guess they're trying to get that with, uh, well, 56 is, uh, wow, why? It's normally eight touchdowns with extra points. Yeah. I guess they're trying to do it as seven touchdowns with two point conversions instead. Like, uh, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that brings me to my point. This division we're talking about here, the NFC South, I think this division has a lot of questions in it, too. Yes, that's why it's a fun division to talk about. So it's it's um if we could argue that the AFC South show was kind of boring, uh because there there was a lot of stuff that was laid out for us already like it, right. we couldn't really uh th- there was no point in arguing on most of uh, you get what I'm saying like it, there there yeah. was no point in uh, in bringing up controversy where uh, like. Well, let's let's dive right into uh, to the controversy because we well uh, because we're recording this on the same day we recorded the uh, the the AFC South show, so we gave you all the relevant news as of that point in time, and uh, so we're not going to jump into news. We're just going to jump right into the uh, episode, and uh, we'll release these two shows two days apart. So, um, so so yeah, that way you know it's not too much is going to happen in between. But yeah, let's just dive right in, and uh, really. Uh, well, as we were speaking, the Falcons are playing their final preseason game, and Tyler Algier, Algier has just scored a second touchdown, and Desmond Ritter's looked uh, a little on the sharp side. Um, and I'm going to just come right out and say it. I don't trust Falcons running backs. I don't trust Falcons quarterbacks because I think that it's going to be two of them playing one half of the season and then the other two playing the other half of the season. How about that? Marcus- okay. Uh, and Cordell, uh, Cordell Patterson getting reduced from the main role to the third down role, and Marcus Mariota getting benched by midseason for Desmond Ritter and for Tyler Algier. Anything to say off that? Uh, you know, there's a reason it's so hard to find most of these Marcus Mariota prop bets. Yep. Nobody knows how long the pencil I'm in for. And the only one that I think that's harder than Mariota to find props for is Cordell Patterson. Vegas does not want to take any odds on those players because they're such a mystery. Yeah, and you know the difference between it being uh, eleven games played by one versus five being played by the other, and eight being played by one versus nine being played by the other. You you can't play any of them for anything over or under because it could be the difference in three games they play, and that three games is more than enough to completely screw it up. So I'm just telling you guys. Avoid, completely avoid. Um, if we're just diving over to fantasy for a moment, if you're going to, I don't think anyone's drafting Mario in any way. If you want a late stash Ritter on your bench, yeah, go for it. Yeah. 
Uh, just make sure you have the room. Like, uh, honestly, uh, it's uh, again, sometimes these benches aren't, aren't conducive in stashing a rookie. Uh, I'm not sure you stash Algier. Uh, I, mm. To be completely honest, I think it's going to be uh, too late. Um, but, you know, and, and again, I'm not, uh, unless you have a quarterback injury, it's not like you're going to be putting River on the field this season anyway. Uh, so I guess, I guess I'm just basically saying Cordaro Patterson is the only one of those four who's going to have a role the whole season. And it might be enough to warrant it, but I'm not, uh, and I think his ADP uh, throughout different sites is, is baked into it. So uh, that, that that's, you know, a part of it. So uh, I, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable taking Patterson, but I'm definitely not targeting him. And I'm definitely not playing any props for any of these guys whatsoever. <laughs> uh, from an NFL standpoint, I think that um, – there is one thing that this greatly influences. Um, Marcus Mariota has been notorious for dumping off to his tight end when he does throw it. And there's a guy by the name of Kyle Pitts. Have you heard of him? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, if Delaney Walker can put up a top five fantasy season with Marcus Mariota as his quarterback, maybe we're sleeping on Kyle Pitts. And I know that sounds incredibly stupid, especially from someone who's talked about him as much. But even I have conceded him as tight end three this year too many times to count. Um, I don't know. With The longer Mariota stays the quarterback, the, the, the greater the case for him being tight end one is. How crazy am I? I don't think you're that crazy. Um but one thing I loved is, is jumping right into one of my props here. You can take Patterson and Pitts over 11 and a half touchdowns. And I love that because I think, you know, Pitts could do that himself and Patterson could accidentally do that himself. You know, it's kind Pitts. of, funny. I don't think Pitts could do it himself. I actually feel like Pitts is going to have some, so, some touchdown issues overall for, <laughs> for the early parts of his career. Like, like DJ Moore has had them another guy we we're talking about today. So, uh, but with Patterson in the equation, I definitely love, I definitely like it. Yeah. And I think that this offense is probably one of the worst fantasy offenses because nobody's going to hold a job long enough. Except Kyle Pitts. Right. Who do you think is wide receiver one for this Oh, wide receiver one, when he's going to be playing, is Drake London. I'm just a little hesitant because he's already had the uh, preseason injury that we're not talking much about. Like, like Arthur Smith is keeping information on Drake London very close to the chest. Like, he's not letting things – he's not talking about it. So it's one of those things where Drake London could go out and get 10 targets week one for all we know of the NFL season. But until Smith starts talking about it, and the other thing too is you're getting injured in the preseason as a rookie. So what? You're you're going to re-aggravate something week five? It's going to happen yeah. again week 11? Like, I definitely feel that Drake London is going to be a monster share for as long as he, uh, uh, you know, monster target uh, share guy, as long as he's on the field. Like, like you know, let, let, let's be honest. It's You got Cordero Patterson, uh, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. Like, you don't have, 
Right. If you told me that all three guys are going to get uh, over 20% target shares and two of them are going to get over 25, I, I am 100 saying, yeah, I could see that. Like, I'm not, uh, you, you know, uh, you want me to believe in Alameda Zacchaeus or <laughs> a, a long list of other people who I'm not bringing up as sleepers. <laughs> like, I'm just <laughs> not doing it. Um, so I'm hesitant on calling this the breakout year for, um, uh, for Drake London because you know the the number one talent you can have is being available and I'm all in on his talent and I just hope that the availability is there mm. I don't know what what are your thoughts on London I you know I've always been a guy that has said that if you get hurt right away out of the gate it shows me a lot about what I'd be drafted. Yeah. Um, I'm right about 0% of the time normally. So I, I don't think there's too much here. I'd actually take him. <clears throat> I have taken him, but I'm, I wouldn't reach for him. And I'm going to tell you the reason I don't love him enough to like actually want to go high up on him. Okay. I just don't, I don't think his quarterback situation is going to be very uh, pleasant for most of this year. <clears throat> so the only Falcon that I think is draftable is Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and you know it's kind of funny. Uh, Kyle Pitts nor Drake London have any props on the site. Probably right. because of the uncertainty of Mariota Ritter. Yeah, I had to go to a different way to get him. I found him through another website, and the Kyle, the other Kyle Pitts wager that I would like would be uh, sixty-eight and a half for total completion or receptions this year. Yeah, that's an easy smash in my opinion. Uh, what's the yards on that site? Uh, that site did not have yards. It okay. had touchdowns and receptions. And give uh, give reference to the site, uh, you know, assuming it's legal. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why we're not oh, going to give lot. reference that's to the website. Um, <laughs> 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 but the, yeah, the, the other wager, uh, the other prop I really love here. Take it to remind you guys when when uh, participating in the hobby of gambling, please be legal and uh, do things the right way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, now that it's legal in my state, I haven't. I don't get anything off those. What uh, do anything on those websites anymore? It's just research based for me now because they have more wagers that uh, are just fun to look at. But yeah. my other. My other very legal Falcons prop. I want the AJ Terrell over of two and a half interceptions this year. Oh, I I definitely covered that in the defensive show. And uh, opposite of uh, Casey Hayward, there's no way that him and Casey Hayward aren't hitting overs on interceptions. So um, because yeah. it's gonna be eventually that fifth interception is gonna be thrown to Casey Hayward, and they're like, okay, let's let's make sure AJ Terrell is. Uh, isn't unbeatable and uh he he might clear that uh he might clear that two and a half in one game if he's being tested <laughs> yeah so I, I the reason i really went to the defense though too for the falcons there's nothing on their offense that i believe in enough that i wanted to touch except for the patterson pits over 11 and a half yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I'm playing anything over on pits. Like at, at this current point in time, I I am like as, as somebody who um, hasn't shied away from taking tight ends in in the first round in the past uh, in in redraft leagues, I I am 
and I'm not saying that's that that's smart to do. I'm just saying that it's something that I feel I can I can build the rest of my roster appropriately after taking mm-hmm. a first round tight end. And it's not something it's not a skill everyone has. So um I'm right. so I'm also a guy who's on the waiver wire wire once it clears in the morning. I like my schedule allows me to be available at that time. And I'm not sure a first round tight end and not having immediately immediate shots at free agency would be a mixture that would work well. So um because you're always gonna have that one jerk in your league who uh with uh waivers cleared at 330 and they're on at 331. Um yeah, right here. Um so yeah. And um blah blah blah. So it, it's uh and you know the only reason why I said Kyle Pitts is a sleeper instead of a breakout is because I, I think it's very realistic that he could have the the Mark Andrews level treatment this year. Mm-hmm. That that Travis Kelsey's enjoyed uh, enjoyed for forever, so um, so I, I I'm just willing to hit over on anything when it, when it comes okay. to point in time. Uh, and, and as far as Cordell Patterson goes, I I'm just gonna say this: Cordell Patterson's gonna play the full season one way or the other. He might not be the starter, but his role they're so weak at wide receiver. That he's gonna be he he's going to be converted into wide receiver if he's not a running back. So I feel very comfortable playing any over that involves Cordell Patterson too, because I just think he's gonna be available the full season. And I know those overs are gonna be set pretty low because of the uncertainty. Um yeah, but uh that's it. I the, those jobs are changing. This is a, this is a team that's trying to figure out what they are, and uh, really outside of Kyle Pitts and AJ Terrell, right now there's a lot of the, the, the whole team is a question mark. So yes, um, uh, is there is there any point to belaboring the Falcons at this point, uh, or should we just jump no. right into the win total? I'm pretty sure they're listed as yeah. win total in the NFL. Um. And where is that? Uh, oh no, oh no, they are they come in at five, so yeah, uh, the, they're marked at a win total of five over under or avoiding. I want to avoid it, uh, because I'm very conflicted. We've talked on the podcast before. I really love Marcus Mariota, I really want him to succeed here, but I don't think he's going to, so I'm just going to avoid it. Yeah, I'm going to avoid it, too. I actually put the Falcons on five wins, so if I was going to do anything, I'd play a push. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I hate the round numbers. We already covered this, so we're not going to beat it. Uh, they were the 29th-ranked offense last year. I I see that going up, but not enough to get out of the bottom 10. So not enough to bring up. Right. Um, yep. It could be a surprising offense. You would really need a another receiving threat to emerge. And if it is a surprising offense, then Marcus Mariota is going to play the full season. And at that point in time, he should be picked up on your waiver wire. So, <laughs> because that means Marcus Mariota is doing something very right. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no way that De- Desmond Ritter is starting these final games and this Falcons offense has any relevance. So, right. 
Ritter can be good, but it means that it the Falcons were bad enough to put Ritter in. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving along. Carolina, all their problems have been solved. They've had their best quarterback they have since Cam Newton's peak. <laughs> but his name is... <laughs> So uh, I think it's crazy that they announced Baker is going to be their starter. And the, then, what, two days later, they announced Sam Donald's going to miss four to six weeks. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I don't even think Baker necessarily won the job more. So they were like, crap, Donald's hurt. <laughs> I guess he's, uh, you know, good for well, Baker. Uh, to be fair, Baker's probably the best quarterback they've had since Cam Newton's prime. I really actually like Baker Mayfield in a lot of in any league that allows for uh like we have in well where quarterback completions count for like an eighth of a point or whatever it is. Uh we because do a half I, point per completion and uh minus half point for an incompletion. So yeah, in leagues with that format I really like Baker and I'm gonna tell you why. It's because with he has Kareem Hunt but better. And CMC. So I really like his. I like Baker's efficiency numbers. And he has a great. Uh, he has a great route runner at wide receiver in DJ Moore, a really good possession receiver. Um. So I, I, you know, again, I'm not sure I'm playing Baker for anything, but I think Baker's presence makes me want to play DJ Moore for everything. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I personally think that this is the best team Baker's had offensively as well. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of interested to see is was it, it was it just Cleveland? Everybody seems to be leaving Cleveland and doing great. So was it just Cleveland? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I I don't even know what to say. Like I I think this is going to be pretty clear. If if Baker. Mm-hmm. Goes and remember, Sam Donald started three and zero with this Panthers team last year. So, well, let's not get too high off of the first month of the season. Let's see, let's see if Baker can legitimately turn things around. But yeah. if Baker can turn things around for, uh, for for these Panthers, then we have to do some very serious questioning uh, as to what the culture in Cleveland is like. Um, mm. and uh, we. I mean, we already know what my opinion is is on it based off of a guy that they brought in. Uh, but I think the real indictment happens is if Baker leads this team to on a playoff run uh, yeah. into wild card contention. Uh, I don't necessarily see it. Like, I still don't think that Baker is um, – I think Baker is one of those guys who will hang on to a job because there's no one better to replace him but not because he should. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I yeah, it does. But uh, with that said, you know, a quarterback like that with CMC in the backfield and with uh, DJ Moore and potential weapons like uh, Terrence Marshall didn't happen last year. And uh, I don't think it's going to happen this year. And I'm not sure if Robbie Anderson is going to get revived by a person who has struggled on the deep ball at times, though, to be fair, Baker loves to throw the deep ball, despite the fact that he's not that great at it. Um, 
So I, I, I couldn't tell you where it's going to come from, but I know enough to know this, that this isn't uh, the same as just having Kyle Pitts and Cordaro Patterson available. The, this is this is CMC and DJ Moore. And what, you know, someone might be saying, oh, you were so high on Pitts. Like, it, it, it's kind of like, uh, how, how could, you know, how could you be higher on just a single two weapons? His name is Christian McCaffrey. Like, Kyle Pitts is not Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> That's like, I'm not, and I, I get it that, you know, I said it earlier in this show and last show, uh, the best of, of, uh, the best talent you can have is being available. And this transitions into uh, CMC. Um, there was a lot of freak injuries, like uh, a, a line, a, a lineman stepping on you and, the, these these injuries were to different parts of his body and you know some people will say you know uh, cmc i'm not concerned about cmc being injury prone i'm just gonna say it because yeah, they're non-related most of them are injuries that you don't never see again for a guy you know a team so, you know five ten fifteen years from now you, you don't get most of those things happening to the same guy yeah, and you know maybe he's severely unlucky, and it, and this changes. But as somebody who doesn't put a lot of stock in somebody is unlucky for 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 uh, for their full career or whatnot, that means that I I feel a DJ Moore touchdown total and a Christian McCaffrey uh, workload total are things that will definitely be going up this year. You know, some people argue that in order to have the uh, taken at the fantasy for a moment, in order to have the efficiency that uh, McCaffrey's had, he has to have more carries than his body can take. Uh, I would only buy that if it was the same injury happening over and over again. These are all freak injuries. I one who is saying anything against Christian McCaffrey um, has just been burnt by him too much in the past. Right. And so I completely get it. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the really good numbers here for a prop is uh, CMC over eight and a half re- uh, rushing touchdowns. I really was trying to find the number for rushing and receiving together, but I couldn't find that one. Uh, rushing receiving yards together. We have Christian McCaffrey is at 1,595.5. So 1,600 basically. I'm taking the over on Christian. Yeah, McCaffrey. oh yeah. 100 yards. Yeah, because, you know... <laughs> You look at what Baker did with Kareem Hunt as his pass catching back and realize, again, CMC is much better than Kareem Hunt. And you look at what CMC did with Kyle Allen as the guy throwing him passes. And you right. realize Baker Mayfield is much better than Kyle Allen. Uh, this is uh, this is this isn't a match made in heaven, but it's the best either one of them has ever had. Yeah. So, and this will tell you how much I actually do like this Panthers team. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm also gonna take the Baker Mayfield over twenty two and a half touchdowns. Yeah, I, re- no, honestly, over twenty two and a half seems appropriate. And you know, I think Robbie Anderson is gonna be good for you know five to seven. DJ Moore is gonna get you know that that same type of number. <clears throat> but how many of those you know wide or halfback swing type passes? Is Baker going to hit for a touchdown to CMC? I think it's a big year for both guys as long as CMC stays healthy. 
And uh, the DJ Moore touchdown total is listed at four and a half because he he hasn't scored. He, he's done everything in his career so far except for score touchdowns. And mm-hmm. this that this is the year that ends. Uh, it, when you look at what's been throwing him passes over the course of his career, it's kind of crazy. Like you, you want the you want the breakout that people are. Uh, everyone acknowledges DJ Moore as an amazing talent. You you want the breakout statement? You want you you want the hot take? DJ Moore easily top five receiver this year. Wow. So, uh, and again, that's uh, that that's that that that's the I shouldn't say easily because it's never easy to DJ Moore top five receiver this year. That that that's the hot take you're getting from me this uh this episode because I don't see why not. It, when you consider how great he's done with outscoring touchdowns from, uh, from from a fantasy perspective, and you just double his, his touchdown total, which I think is very realistic, and you note that Baker needs a guy who he can throw a great a good route runner who he can throw mid range passes to, so you could actually almost expect the target share to potentially even go up, despite the fact that it was over one sixty last year. Um, I think we could see a situation where DJ Moore is the most targeted wide receiver in the league this year. So, um, so yeah, now that that's out and I only own DJ Moore in one league because he's always been taken just around sooner than I've wanted to. So I sabotage myself again. By uh, <laughs> this show doesn't come out until Tuesday though, so <laughs> we're recording it on Saturday. So so may maybe I could pull off a trade somewhere before that. Um, so now that people uh, now that my friends know how uh, how <laughs> I <I'm him. laughs> but uh, you know so and uh, the other guy to keep an eye on. Um, I think Tommy Tremble is going to be on the field a lot as the as the blocking tight end option for the Panthers. And I could see Baker had a lot of tight ends in Cleveland. And I'm not saying any one of them thoroughly dominated at any point in time for a full season, but there were a lot of dominant games. And just because he's really good at blocking doesn't mean he can't catch passes. And there are going to be times where the underneath is taken away on Christian McCaffrey and Tremble's wide open. So I'm calling Tommy Tremble a little bit of a sleeper this year. So Tommy Tremble, you know where he went to college? The University of Notre Dame. I think the kid's great. Love him. Draft him. <clears throat> use him a, use the first-round pick on him. Oh, no, I mean, I mean, I'm not going that far. But, um, and you know, obviously, uh, there's nothing we can play as far as over. But I think his value to what he's going to be with the Panthers' offense this year is definitely there. Uh, as far as like it, just jumping back to fantasy for a moment, I, I, I'm not sure that the, I think it, you know, when, when, when you're in the part of the season where, uh, where bye weeks are happening and, or you lost the, let's say George Kittle was your, uh, was your tight end and your bye week happened while he was injured, you know, cause he's got to be injured for a four to six game stretch at some point in time this year. And he's going to be amazing for you otherwise. Um, but let's say that your backup uh, tight end and George Kittle, uh, his bye week overlaps with George Kittle's injury. I, I actually kind of like Tommy Tremble as a one-week streamer. So 
Um, but, you know, obviously you have to talk matchup and whatnot. Uh, but that's everywhere I'm going with this offense. Uh, I am completely in on DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey because of Baker Mayfield. And uh, I'm in enough on Baker not to play anything, but to play Moore and McCaffrey hard. Anything else to say with that Panthers team? No, um, I do have a draft in about 45 minutes, and I think Tommy Tremble just went way up my draft board. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a 12 man league. He, uh, how many rounds are there in that one? I think 14. He, you could justify a late round flyer. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I wouldn't do it. The waiver wire guy myself. But, um, yeah, I, I'm liking it. So, uh, uh, it, it's also fair to note the Panthers had the number two defense in the league last year. And the defense got better. <laughs> so, so if Christian McCaffrey is, is healthy, um, there is a lot of opportunity uh, for, for, you know, for short passes to DJ Moore. So some ball control with, 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 with this offense, the defense just stifling. There, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity for some great uh, defensive games when you're playing the Carolina Panthers. Um Offense last year, Carolina was pathetic. Third worst offense in the league. Um, it's going to be a little better this year. It's going to be a lot better this year. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking out of the. I'm thinking out of the bottom ten. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking midway. You know, fifteen, sixteen. So I, I'm not quite thinking fifteen, sixteen, but I, I think they could definitely hit like a twenty. So. Yeah, I think the games where you get Baker and CMC together are going to be very, very fun games, so I'm getting them out of the bottom ten. Okay. And uh, overall, Carolina is at six and a half on the projected win total. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you up front, I'll, I'll take the over on that. I think the defense is good enough. And I think Baker is good enough that six and a half is good, especially because I don't I don't really like the Falcons and the Saints. I think the Saints are a interesting team. Um, I think on the right day, Carolina Panthers can upset a lot of teams in the league. But I think on the normal day, they're. I'm I'm going through this whole thing because I have Carolina projected to win six wins, uh, to oh. win six games. I couldn't if it's six and a half, and I have them projected for six. I can't bring myself to play the under. I want to play the over so so much because I love this defense. I think that Brian Burns finally, and I talk about Brian Burns every offseason, but I think this is the year he finally establishes himself as one of the true elite uh, edge rushers of the league. I can't bring myself to find that seventh win on their schedule because it's not necessarily the easiest schedule in the world. So I'm not going to play it and just say that I projected them for six wins. Okay. All right, sounds good. 
All right, moving right along to the New Orleans Saints. Um, let's start with Alvin Kamara. He's uh, not sure. He's not getting suspended this year. You know, yeah, I, I'm just gonna say it. I, I, I'm, I am viewing Alvin Kamara like he's not gonna get suspended this year. Um, okay. with that said, I don't think that DraftKings has his props up because of the. They do not. Because of the potential suspensions, if I can find right. a where I will, where I can get numbers on Kamara, I'm taking the over. Because I believe he's playing a 15, 16 game season. Um, that his, whoever his legal crew is has successfully pushed the case, uh, uh, pushed the hearing back twice so far. And I believe in just a, a matter of weeks, we're going to hear that they got it pushed back a third time. The NFL has made it pretty clear that they are not going to be ruling on any, uh, that they're not going to be dishing out suspensions until after the legal case is over. It, 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 you know, Deshaun Watson was never put on the commissioner's exempt list. Um, to be fair, though, his team did keep him out. When the NFL if the NFL was going to take decisive action, they would have taken it already. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Our potential, uh, the reasons why everyone's backing off of him this year. Yeah. So so going from a fantasy perspective instead, right? I think Kamara's ADP is too low. Because a lot of people are doing that, backing off because they know he's – a lot of people don't think he's going to get the whole year. But I look at it and say, if I can get eight games out of that guy, that's eight times that I have one of the best running backs in the game. I'm I'm going to draft high on that still. Yeah. Because I, I think, you know, you can – and the way fantasy works, you, you don't have to be good. You just have to win the matchups long enough. Yeah. So I I'm treating Kamara like he's still a uh, like he's still a top five running back in the NFL. I am uh, from a gambler's perspective. I'm playing all everything that I can play over on him because it's too low at this point. I am targeting him early in uh, in drafts if I can. It's just for me, it's a no brainer. And let's let's say that somehow they do get this uh, September hearing across. It could be well into late November before the ruling actually uh, you know uh, comes through and then you're you're talking about maybe in December like early on he gets a suspension yeah it would really stink if it played out that way and you lost him for fantasy playoffs but you made the fantasy playoffs because you got him for a discount early on and yeah. just work the waiver wire. Note that if you're going to, if you're going to take Kamara, get that extra running back on, uh, on the bench. Uh, you know Ingram. It, Ingram puts up close to Kamara numbers when he's playing. Like uh, most of the time, they don't. Uh, most of the time, the Saints give all of Kamara's work to, to to another person. They don't divide it between other people. It should be very easy to handcuff Kamara. If you're nervous, just handcuff him. So what do you think about the wide receiving core? Uh, the wide receiving core is very interesting. Um, I'll start with the obvious one. Uh, I'm not doing anything with Jarvis Landry. Uh, 
Um, because it's either going to be Michael Thomas or Chris Olave that's wide receiver one. It makes sense with the way Winston used to play back in the day that Chris Olave would be his number one. And he even took a lot of chances with a Marquez Callaway last year, but they didn't necessarily convert the things. This right. route, these wide receivers really come down to which version, which version of Jekyll and Hyde, Jameis Winston, we're going to be getting. Um, I am not a believer that if Jameis Winston goes back to a 5,000-yard passing quarterback, that he won't go back to a 25-plus interception quarterback. So I want to let I want to ask you though, what if Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota are both able to take that next step, and then we just had to wait a couple of years to get these two really good quarterbacks? Because I think there's also that chance here. Well, and I think it's fun that they're playing. To, you know, they're playing together. Do you think that uh, Jameis Winston has potential to go over five thousand yards? And keep the interception total under twenty. See, I don't think he can do that. I think he's going to have to be high risk, high reward his whole career. So I believe that we can go back to a high risk, high reward Jameis Winston, but I don't think that uh, we can see the low risk version that we've seen the last couple of years with New Orleans. And one thing important thing to remember: they were winning. It it, it wasn't pretty. But they were winning games when Jameis Winston was at the helm. Mm. It's after uh, it's after he got injured that, uh, and that's another thing to talk about. This guy's coming off an injury too, um, an injury that I don't see being too problematic. But uh, it's pretty clear that the, the team didn't win without him. Um, mm. we, another thing to keep in mind is it's no longer Sean Payton. So uh, it, it's now we, we, we have moved on to the uh, to the post Peyton era. And I believe that the restraints that Peyton put on Winston are going to be pulled off. In which case, Jameis Winston is going to throw wild again. I there's a lot of people that believe that the efficiency that he learned with Peyton will remain when uh, when he goes back to throwing a lot. I do not believe it. So playing the over on touchdowns and interceptions for Jameis Winston just feels very right to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I do like this touchdown over 26 and a half. And uh, if you ask me to play one from this team, that's probably one that I'm definitely going to play. <clears throat> I think he could hit 26 and a half. I think Michael, I'm very excited for Michael Thomas. You um, know, I was out on Michael Thomas at first. Um, you know, all the way around. But then when I st really started thinking through the Jameis Winston stuff, I was kind of like, how can I not believe in, like, how can I not believe in Michael Thomas? I know Chris Olave fits his game a little better. And honestly, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I have to believe in Michael Thomas if I'm going to believe in Jameis Winston, right? Because I don't believe yeah. in Travis Landry anymore. But isn't that part of the problem, right? Like, you feel like you have to believe in one or the other, but you can believe in both of those two guys right now at the same time. I don't know. I mean, unless you're going to tell me that leaving Cleveland this is is the thing that resurrects everybody's career, in which case it's like, in which case, watch out. The Saints are contending for 
uh, for, for the NFC title game, let, let alone let, let alone a playoff spot. Like, you know, if if everything works out when it uh, with New Orleans, like, you know, uh, Cleveland was holding Jarvis Landry back and Michael Thomas is completely healthy. I do think I'm not picking. I don't believe that he will be Michael Thomas of old. Uh, not mm-hmm. not necessarily because uh, because I feel any talent went away or anything like that, but mainly because I think that as great as Michael Thomas is without Drew Brees, having Drew Brees as his quarterback really just padded the numbers out much more. So so with that said, I am in on Michael Thomas at ADP. Uh, a little above ADP. I, I don't see any reason why not to believe in Michael Thomas because he's definitely going cheap enough. And, mm. um, you know, looking at the numbers, how are how are they actually treating him as a receiver? Let's let's see this real quick because this is, isn't something I've checked. Chris Olave, they have at uh, 719.5 yards. I'm playing the over on Chris Olave. And Michael... Michael Thomas, they um, they have at eight hundred receiving yards. I'm playing the over on Michael Thomas. Yeah, I'm just so if you so that's where I was earlier. If you're gonna play both overs, you're basically putting him at nineteen hundred yards for Winston already. Yep. Winston's oh, yardage total is only thirty-seven fifty. So I have to play the over on Winston too. But I'm you have to in that situation. I'm also playing the over on his interceptions too. Right, piling up so, a lot of yards does not mean he, they're not going to pile up a lot of turnovers. I had a really hard time seeing how James Winston would not be able to get to three uh, thirty-seven fifty. Yep. Oh, and, I, and I was like, I think that's an easy over for for him. Yep. To a point to where even if Kamara got suspended, that total doesn't really get affected too much. No, because they as great as Kamara is. Saints are good at producing next man up in the backfield. Yep. So I don't see the 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 lot my lack of optimism with the Saints has more to do that I don't think the offense is going to be efficient. I think it's going to be dynamic but not efficient. Hmm. So uh, how, how do you feel about the Saints team overall then? Okay. Uh pulling up my sheet. Uh let's see. Um Saints team overall, it's listed at eight wins, which I think is a very appropriate number. And uh, I'm just going to say it. I put them on eight wins, so I'm not playing the Saints. <laughs> like I'm, uh, actually playing, I'm playing the under here. Um, I, I don't think they're that good. And <laughs> to say they hit their over means they're over 500. I think this team is a below 500 team, so I, I'm playing the under. Yeah, and uh, one important thing to remember this this offense was ranked twenty eighth last season. So I think we both agree that this offense is going to be shooting up quite a bit, uh, especially since we're talking about yards. And I I think mm. we made it pretty clear we believe in the Saints gaining yards. We're just not sure how much converts to points. And since I've been talking yards this whole time, as opposed to points, this is one of those situations where the offense will look better on paper. Uh that it does on game day sometimes, but you know, it, I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, what he did with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin could potentially be repeated with Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. Because why not? 
when at the peak, uh, when Michael Thomas was at his peak, we were talking about him bet, uh, more fondly than we talked about Mike Evans. Yeah, I have. Uh, I actually had the Saints team being the third team in the division, so I I definitely can't go over the eight. But I like the offense enough to say that their offense is. It's definitely going to get away from that bottom five, bottom uh, seven territory. I have them number two in the division. I still have. I have them uh, a game. You know, the game ahead of Carolina. Oh no, mm-hmm. two games ahead of Carolina, uh, significantly ahead of Atlanta. Uh, so we yeah. both have the same number one team, and we just mentioned Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, let's talk some Buccaneers. Um, first, uh, what what episode number does Tom Brady get eliminated on the Mass Singer? Uh-huh. Um, so you're you're on the can you believe the theory that Brady's on Mass Singer? Yeah, I I I have one hundred percent in on on Tom Brady having made oh made an appearance on the Mass Singer. <laughs> okay, um, I personally don't know. I think this is old man, uh, like old man semi retirement Brady, where he's like, okay, I got my rhythm with the wide receivers. I I just don't need to go to work for two weeks. <laughs> um, I really think that's what it is. Like that, and it's fitting that it's right at the same time all the Raiders and Dolphins news was coming around. You know. Okay. Okay. So, so let, let's let's make this our our little fun, friendly wager that uh, you you say it's retirement and I say it's mass singer. Got it. <laughs> I also think part of it goes back to the NFL trying to keep Brady away from the media when the Dolphins and Raiders stuff came down. You know, in in baseball, you commonly will fake an oblique injury and yeah. say the guy's side. You know, the guy has a side issue. I, I, I think that could have been what this was. It it could be I, I I am going to be watching the first episode of of the Mass Singer when it debuts to, to see if I can figure out who is Tom Brady, but <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we'll we'll leave that part of the discussion at that. Um, over seven hundred pass attempts last year. Uh, the biggest concern, uh, the two biggest arguments against Tom Brady, one he's defied every year for the last decade. So we got to bring it up, though. He's getting old. This might be the year he falls off. Um, Because I have to say it, even if it's semi-sarcastically like I just did, um, you know, seriously, this he's he's old. Like, (laughs) this could be the year he falls off. I'm not going to talk about him like he's falling off. But. That's one thing. If you're if you're tie breaking between should I take Tom Brady or should I take Lamar Jackson or should I take Tom Brady or should I take um, you know Dak Prescott? Like it, it, you get what I'm saying. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe you should consider the tiebreaker to be he's he's getting old. Like <laughs> like and again, but you know once again, I think this is another season where he's throw potentially throwing over 700 pass attempts again. Um, or at least pretty close to it. The other argument would be this offensive line has just completely fallen apart. Yeah. And my rebuttal to that is twofold. Number one, they had some depth. And the second thing is Tom Brady basically holds Tampa Bay in his hand. If there is a real problem with the offensive line, He's going to make sure there's a new guy there by week two or three, right? Right. So 
Now, will this new guy gel with everyone else effectively? Who knows? But if he doesn't, there's going to be another guy coming out of retirement. Yeah. Andrew Whitworth is going to be blocking for Tom Brady at some point in time this year. Like, how, like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not serious about that, but we could see it happening, right? Yeah, I think the Buccaneers are going to pay whatever Tom tells them they have to pay to keep them up, right? So, with that said, it's kind of like Tampa Bay is, is he owns the city of Tampa Bay. He's going to run for mayor when his career is over. Uh, he owned it more than he owned New England, <laughs> like far more than he owned Boston. <laughs> like, um, so I, I don't yeah. have any concerns about this line being the thing that takes him out. Uh, maybe it's a little less efficient, but that just means more dump off passes for Leonard Fournette. So whatever the, the, uh, the reception total for Fournette is, do we have reception total for him? I couldn't find anything for Leonard Fournette. Nothing, I, not, I, even, not even rushing. Yeah, I couldn't find anything for Fournette. Wow, why is that? I don't know. Um, All right. I have no idea. My second hot take, take of the show is simply going to be this. Those of you who are drafting uh, drafting Richard White for this year are out of your mind. It's not going to happen. Tom Brady wants Leonard Fournette to be the uh to be the running back. Leonard Fournette is uh Leonard Fournette continue uh continues to be one of the better pass catching backs in the league, so he's not surrendering third down. So mm-hmm. Tom Brady is gonna make Leonard Fournette is gonna make sure he doesn't lose third. Tom Brady's gonna make sure Leonard Fournette doesn't lose first or second. So I actually think this offense is uh, I, I think Brady wins the MVP this year. What was that? I think Tom Brady wins the MVP award this year. I mean, who knows? It, I I feel like they don't want to make him the MVP anymore. Yeah, I feel like they don't want, want to, but I feel like Brady's going to force it this year. And then he goes out. And then he doesn't have his retirement spoiled by anybody else or anything like that. It just... He puts up one real good display. He, he wins himself an MVP award, and he can just effectively go home. Also, it's going to correlate that Bill Belichick's going to have one of his worst years ever this year. And I feel like Brady's just going to be like, oh, this isn't even fun anymore. Like, we're not even competing. <laughs> I mean, I, I again, uh, I, I'm, I'm playing the wait-and-see game with Belichick as far as this goes. But uh, it's it's – very easy to predict that the Buccaneers are going to um, uh, are going to do much better than New England Patriots this year. It's very easy to predict it. It's very easy to predict that the Buccaneers could be the first uh, seed in the NFC. That they will definitely win their division. Um, it, it's it's very easy to like everything. Um, uh, when it comes to that, uh, one of the things that's not easy to choose on with the Buccaneers is Chris Godwin. And I'm just saying this at this point in time, I do not get why he's being drafted so low, why his props are so low. I am playing everything over on Godwin and I am taking Godwin in drafts before other people are willing to take him. 
because the mm. fact that he's fallen to the eighth round of drafts is completely uh-huh. ridiculous. So you don't think Julio being there is going to hurt him bad enough? No. Uh, it was pretty clear that uh, outside of Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin was the one with the monster shares. I am more concerned about Mike Evans totals other than his touchdown totals. Uh, you know, with the exception that Mike Evans, however weeks it takes Godwin to get back to full form, I, I believe Godwin's going to be on the field week one. I don't think he's going to be Chris Godwin week one, but I believe he's going to be on the field uh, week one. However, it takes however long it takes him to get up to speed. Um, those are the weeks that Mike uh, Evans is going to flourish. If going to fantasy for a moment, if you can get. If you can get a good haul for Mike Evans after three to four weeks, if someone's not paying attention to uh, to everything going on with Chris Godwin or, or they believe that, oh, wow, this is just Mike Evans is now Brady's guy, then then pull off that trade, fle- fleece someone uh, you know, who's not paying attention. Because honestly, if you're not paying attention to the, uh, to, to the Godwin-Brady-Evans uh, sort of thing early on, then the person deserves to be fleeced. I'm just going to flat out say that. Um, it's everyone, everyone in the conversation is too high profile. There's a reason why Godwin had largest target share. He's the one that Brady, uh, Brady trusts the most. Uh, if anyone is stealing, if Julio's stealing from anyone, it's going to be, uh, it, it's going to be Russell Gage or, uh, Mike, Mike Evans. But I'm still under the impression that Brady handpicked Russell Gage to come there. And Russell Gage is listed as the sl- starting slot wide receiver. We saw the amount of targets that Antonio Brown got, and he was the guy that uh, Brady handpicked to be there. We also know that Russell Gage doesn't come with the drama. I don't get why signing Julio Jones suddenly made Russell Gage fall off the face of the earth and why everyone started believing in Julio. So I, I believe in Julio because I uh, I bought him as a dead contract in the a dynasty league. Yeah. <laughs> but but I have a really hard time finding any of the wide receivers in Tampa because I they have too many good ones. Well, we know Mike Evans is gonna to score touchdowns, and we also know if Gronk departed that Mike Evans is going to score more touchdowns. So mm-hmm. at the very least, Mike Evans might be a little more boom and bust. But Mike Evans has kind of been boom and bust his whole career, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I still, if you liked Evans before, you still like him now. I believe the Godwin target share thing is going to hold up. So um, personally, if I'm stashing the third wide receiver from the Bucks at the end of my drafts, I'm going with Russell Gage instead of Julio Jones. Hmm. I would also say that I don't think that's a personal preference thing. I think it's the thing that you sh- uh, that other people should be doing too. So, so yeah. For, for me, and I, you know, this defense is stacked too, but things I've got here is I got the Brady over 35 and a half. Then I have Julio over 550. So I, th- I just feel like 550 is pretty low. What is uh what has Scotty Miller gotten in previous years? Oh, I'd, I'd, I don't know. I think Julio will have more than Scotty Miller has had. And then um, I also you alluded to it as well that I think you want here too. But uh, Evans over ten and a half touchdowns. Yeah, Evans over ten and a half touchdowns is definitely there. As far as uh the receiving yards, I'm definitely taking uh 
I'm definitely taking Chris Godwin over. Do they have it? No, they don't have it because why would they have it? Because of the uncertainty of where he, I'm going to take whatever I can over on Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette. I don't get why Leonard Fournette isn't listed. Uh, to me, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and, you know, once again, I, I'm over on the Brady numbers also. So, uh, you know, being, uh, being whatever I can play, pass attempts, co- completions, yards, whatever. Um, mm. it's, uh, well, assuming that they're not going to list him, uh, his over under as pass attempts being like 680. <laughs> Cause why would they like, yeah, but, um, but yeah, when it comes to it, what was this offense last year? Uh, you know, as far as sleepers go, um, don't rule out Kyle Rudolph. Mm. I I mean, if Mike Evans is getting too, like you, you know, you're you're in the red zone, and somehow uh, the defense is able to match up with both Leonard Fournette and Michael Evans, Kyle Rudolph could get some stray touchdowns. It's not like we haven't seen tight ends be really efficient in Tampa before, and we've seen flashes of what you know, Pro Bowl uh, type play from Kyle Rudolph that we haven't seen from Cameron Braid. So I know he's listed behind him on the depth charts, but I've definitely taken uh, Kyle Rudolph over Cameron Braid. So and, uh, overall, where, where do you put this offense? Uh, last year, this offense was the second best offense in the league. And, oh, wow, I have them as the number one offense in the league this year. <laughs> I mean, it's not a decisive number one. Like, uh, they're in a tier with Buffalo, the Rams, and Buffalo and the Rams. <laughs> but, yeah, they're yeah. in a tier with Buffalo and the Rams. Because <laughs> I, I saw that Dallas was fourth in my sheet, and I was like, oh, nope, they're a lot better than Dallas. <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, and then as far as uh, the defense goes, uh, they were 13th defense last year. Uh, they got healthy, but but it's not enough for me to put them back into the top 10. Okay. So I have them right in the same defensive range as last year uh, because getting healthy was important for that, but that doesn't answer the questions of, the major regression from Devin White, uh, from some of the flaws that we saw from some of the, the secondary after they came back. You, you get what I'm saying. There's there's still enough questions. Uh, is Joe Tryon Sharenka going to fill in for JPP? Um, and you you can love all of that and still not like the fact that uh, like Levante David's getting older. You, you get what I'm saying. Like the so there's enough to make me say that Buccaneers defense is just on the outside of the top ten but could fight to be in it. Mm. Uh, any thoughts on offense or defense for the Bucks? No, they're really good. Um, they're really good. I think you just, I don't know, it's it's frustrating because I think this division is going to be fun, but I think it's going to be a clear runaway by the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, Bucks are at 11 and a half on wins. That's easy to go over for me. Yeah, I'm going to take the over on that too. Yeah, I. 
took them as the top win total in the league when I just double checking 13 wins. I, I put them on 13 wins, 13 and four. Yep, so you can feel you feel comfortable with the over two. I mean, I think the Bucks are a uh, really good team, real good shot at being a Super Bowl champion again. Yeah. What else is new? You know, yeah. Tom Brady, possibly Super Bowl champion. Yeah, we didn't we didn't cover anything that I mean. I guess we gave a few takes. I think probably the biggest take I gave was uh, I don't I don't think that Rashad White is going to get the get the field. You know, barring the Fournette injury, but. Um, yeah, and I'm sure somebody's going to comment off of that saying that uh, that I'm too low on the rookie. It's, you know, and I'm just going to say maybe you were too high on Keyshawn Vaughn, right? <laughs> huh. uh, but, yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's everything. Uh, it's it's a pretty straightforward division. Uh, we rotated the Saints and the Panthers, right? You have the yeah, Panthers. Yeah, we rotated yeah, the Panthers in second. I think it's I think it's pretty uh, you know and I had them one game apart in my standings if I'm correct, so it's it you know it's one of those things where it's it, it could easily go either way. Uh, Panthers and Saints as playoff teams would not surprise me, but I think they're both just a little behind the curve, even for the NFC. Yeah. Well, you know, much much behind the curve if it was the AFC, but uh, the, the, they'll be when they show those projections at the end of the year saying in the hunt the panthers yeah. and the saints will appear on that in the hunt to like week 16 yeah saints and the falcons, uh, the one of them will, will one of them may be right till week 18 and the falcons will be mathematically eliminated by uh week 12 <laughs> uh, i'm not quite sure it's that bad but you know um either way so uh that's everything um yeah. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of the show. I uh, remember if you if you like it, uh, like, subscribe, follow, uh, rate five stars, uh, comment, be be interactive. I like interactivity. So um, if you have a suggestion, feel free to make it. Uh, I I literally changed the show format because somebody uh-huh. had a suggestion. Come on now, seriously. I definitely am listening to you. <laughs> okay, so. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you all for being a part of the Jmail for for real community. Uh, and uh, you know, just just remember, uh, it, it, you know, uh, we we appreciate you listening. And um, remember, to, if you are going to gamble, gamble responsibly. You know, if you need help, uh, obviously call one eight hundred Gambler or search gambling addiction on on Google. Definitely, uh, if you realize that you have are, are are having issues, remember set your limits make sure not to go over your limits remember to track your bets make sure you know what's going on at all times if everything and only put money on stuff you believe in and only that money you have okay like seriously guys uh let's do this responsibly it's you know it's a hobby for some it's advice for others and uh just make sure that it remains on the hobby level for you any uh anything to add to that josh no sir i got nothing to add to that one that was good. So, uh, yeah. So now, uh, uh, so yeah, that's it. And uh, now that we we are out, like Tom Brady will be on the third week of Mass Singer. <laughs> so you have to, uh, you have to explain to me why you believe that. Uh, yeah, I.
I can't find where to stop the recording. <laughs> Where's my stop recording button? <laughs> oh my goodness. Right, well, I'm going to go grab JJ. Okay. Uh, oh, stop recording.